Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And now your host, Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. I thought you were going to say, not a green gardening guru. That was the first hour. Uh, I tell you what, he went to radio school. He knows his stuff. Yes, indeed. Mike Novak and Monroe Anderson in the studio were talking about what's going down in, uh, in the halls of Congress today. And uh, is is it working was the question. Uh, the Democrats calling attention to Donald Trump's wheeling and dealing with the president of Ukraine. Is it working? Before we get into that, D, an update from you, sir. Yeah, I have an update here. This is actually uh, happening uh, as we're doing the show live here, so we're going to try and keep you up to date as best as we can. Uh, Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot says that Uber is paying off black ministers to oppose her rideshare tax and policies, saying that the company is throwing everything it can at the wall because it doesn't want to be regulated. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. The hardest working man in this building, Dave Roeder. <laughs> he's awesome. <laughs> Roeder, he'll be coming in tomorrow. Oh, right? he'll be talking about this. Great. And the one and only Fran the Woman Spielman, Mayor Lori Lightfoot today shot down an alternative congestion fee floated by Uber and accused the ride-hailing giant of offering black ministers $54 million to carry the ride-hailing giant's water. $54 million? $54 million. Whoa. Lightfoot dropped the political bombshell at a city hall news conference when asked about that tax plan uber claims would raise 21 million dollars more than lightfoot's congestion fee because it would apply to taxes as well as ride hailing uh the mayor said quote is this the one where they're paying off black ministers by 54 million dollars that one or is this a new one the mayor said they offered up black ministers 54 million dollars a one-time deal if they would convince the mayor to do away with any other kind of regulation and as and as we walked these ministers through the realities of what is actually at stake here i think they realized that frankly they'd be hoodwinked 54 million how does she know that that's correct she, she could have got him at 5.4 <laughs> monroe anderson very jaded observer uh of the connection between politicians businesses and black ministers in the city of chicago uh when, when pressed for proof here lightfoot yeah. said quote i've had a number of ministers who've met with us and said uber promised us 54 million dollars if you convince the mayor to back off we'll get those names to you all right whoa mayor lightfoot's okay now just think about this for a second uh mike and monroe just think about this for a second let's say it's true okay let's just say it's true that uber uh, offered a black ministers 54 yeah. million dollars i i find that a preposterous notion me too uh, well, the money the, 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 the amount yeah the amount is preposterous yeah, exactly but just how would you go about allocating it you know how would you conceal a transfer of that oh the way you do it is give them housing projects but Uber doesn't control housing projects. No, That'd be the city of you, Chicago that no, controls it. No, I'm it. talking about in the sense of building new housing in the in the black community. And what you do is 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 funnel that money through contractors. But that that would be the city of Chicago that would do that, not Uber. Uber doesn't no, build, well, develop. Uber, no, but the Uber Uber could give them the money to do it. And, and they would build some housing. To In other justify. words, it, uh, they would have a press conference and they'd say uh, Uber is sanctioning. Uh, no, they wouldn't say Uber. They'd say we're building. I we, see. We, we have this $54 million housing <laughs> I see. throughout the black, the, the south and west side. Did I tell you that? Or, or, or there's going to be one minister that has a really great house. As one of those Donald Trump <laughs> Monroe Anderson knows a thing or two about Chicago politics, ladies and gentlemen. All right. So th then my second question is, is this, let's say it's true. Yeah. Let's say that someone from Uber called uh, a black minister yeah. or a bunch of them and said, all right, here's the deal guys. If you put the pressure on Lori Lightfoot, uh, to, uh, uh drop away from the abandon her plan to uh, tax Uber, uh, we'll give you $54 million. Okay. Just think about how much that t 
tax is worth to Uber. Just think about that. If they're willing to pay, what would the tax amount to? Exactly. No, that's total. why I don't believe the number. You don't that's think that, I'm you don't, it's not you don't, you don't, million you don't think it's fifty four million dollars no. a year? No. Or no. or forever? Right, exactly. <laughs> I right. think it's like five dollars and forty cents if we're gonna just stick with the five and the four. Uh, we'll buy you lunch. <laughs> well, that was the first thing that popped into my head and I thought, well, I'm just being naive, but you agree with that. You just think that's a that's a crazy number. Yes. So so who does it benefit? To come up with a number like fifty-four million dollars, who's you know what kind of strategy is that to, to say that? I mean, it, yeah, well, I, uh, what I'm sure what I'm not sure, but I'm guessing mm-hmm. what the mayor is thinking is um, okay. Well, some of these ministers are, are, are pressuring her, and she wants to have this tax because she needs every penny she can get for, from wherever to pay down mm-hmm. the deficit. Mm-hmm. So she just pull the number out of the sky <laughs> <laughs> or some other place else. Yeah, that's no. what I was going to say. It's just, <laughs> what's it, well, <laughs> that reminds me of the time uh, when <laughs> mayor's throwing out uh, dollar signs. I remember when the uh, the Mayor Daly, uh, Mayor Richard M. Daly, Mike Novak's favorite mayor, uh, just threw it out there. Uh, you mean Richie the Deuce? Richie the Deuce. I okay. uh, wanted to convince people that selling the parking meters was a great idea and so they came up with the number a billion right this is already a little more than 10 years ago yeah and uh, i think they leaked it to sneed in the sun times that they're a billion dollars and i think their thought was people in the city of chicago would see a billion and they make god Whoa, yes. what a windfall. That's billion with a B. That's what, that's what people in the city of Chicago would do. Right. They go, billion with a B? Right. Sell the meters, yeah. And here we are, whatever it is, 10 years into the meter deal and the, the parking meter deal, people have already made back the billion dollars. No, they made it back in year one, didn't they? No, no, it took, it's, no, it took a little more than year one. Uh, but they've made it back. Everything's gravy okay. from now on. Right. And uh, so it essentially was a loan that the parking meters companies gave to the city of Chicago and now we'll be paying the interest in that loan for the next 65 years oh, yeah. by giving them all the proceeds uh, from a parking meter. I still don't understand why a, a smart lawyer couldn't break that contract. I, I still yeah, don't get neither. it. Well, if, I, I just don't think they want to. And I'm, I'm not sure. You know, but, there you go. You answered your own question. Because I, I actually thought that Rahm Emanuel might try to do that, and then he would have been a hero, and then the rest of his term is smooth sailing, right? But that 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 just sank beneath the waves. You are so smart. You are so right. My, uh, Mike Novak, let it be known, Ra- you're right, Rahm Emanuel could have been a hero, but this is one of my favorite things. Every time Rahm Emanuel, here we go, I'm, I, you got me going on him, <laughs> particularly in that first term, here we go. Every time Rahm Emanuel was confronted between doing the right thing and doing the wrong thing, he did the wrong thing. Uh, That had a lot to do with him being a corporationalist. Well, fine. You're getting an explanation for why he did the wrong thing. I'm just saying for for a specific reason. He could have been the hero, politically speaking, even if it failed. Even if he failed, he he didn't care about the people. (laughs) No. He didn't. Take he a chill not, pill, man. He was not. Yeah, exactly. He, he he was not a people person. By the way, Mike Novak has told me I'm not allowed to mention Wally Phillips. But is he is he channeling yeah, he, the great Wally Phillips he, right he now? Is. This is Wally started that, he, and I I picked it up, and now Dennis is running with I, it. Just unbelievable. Uh, what, I, people, first of all, anti millennials. Millennials are who? Wally who? Wally Phillips. I am who I am. Uh, <laughs> Guys, get carry. I didn't even know who that is. Uh, I, I thought it was uh, I am what I am. That was wrong. That was wrong. I am who I am. All right, guys, lay off a of Dr. D because he's cool. Yeah, no, he is cool. Everyone knows what's up. Uh, but anyway, but, but, and I want to throw one more reference in there. You talked about throwing dollar signs around. Is that better than throwing around nickels like manhole covers? That would be Michael Keller Ditka talking about 
George Hallis. Am I correct on that? I one? believe you are. That's correct. Good, uh, I you. knew you would know that one. Uh, I'm really weird. But um, <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, Wally Phillips back in the day and channel on WGN would uh, have the WGN Radio. WGN Radio, correct? Because they actually tried. He tried to do a TV show. He didn't make it in television. So he went back. They, I did not know like that. way in the early days. Oh, yeah. I am like this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have as much hair as Wally had. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, he always had those funny voices. And I, I've said this before, when, when we had a work, uh, the, the boss made us listen to WGN. I was in high school and I wanted to listen to WCFL, uh, WLS, and sure. Pop. And they were making me listen to Wally Phillips. And I apologize. <laughs> and Roy Leonard. But the highlight of the day was when Wally Phillips would have those little voices. Go, and I'm well, okay, now, uh, folks should know, and by the way, my name is Mike Novak, and I have a radio show in Chicago on WCGO 1590 AM and FM. Uh, the FM is 95.9. Uh, Sunday mornings, 9 to 11 AM, we talk about gardening, the environment, sustainability, all that good stuff. Okay. That's how, how you do an introduction. Okay. <laughs> However, and yeah, tune in, folks. There's podcasts. We're all over the place. All right. Like you guys are, you know. Are con- you taking notes on that introduction, Ben? Conquering the internet <laughs> world. Uh, but for 25 years, I worked at WGN radio. All right. And for the last nine years of Wally's career, I was his engineer. And what folks, I still think folks don't understand that those voices that popped in, most of the time we had carte blanche to throw in whatever we wanted. And Wally would roll with it. Even, even towards the end, he was really very sharp. Now he was a a, a lot corny, of course. And, um, you know, when um, Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer came around, they poked fun at him and they were the, the, the new generation and so forth. And there I was in my thirties working, running the board for Wally Phillips <laughs> going, well, I'm on the wrong team here, yeah. but, uh, they paid me well and, and it was fun. And, and, and so you were his Maceo, huh? You know how, how James Brown would call out the Maceo? Maceo. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah right. And right. In fact, Maceo, Played the music and James Brown would walk in on a session and go, uh, uh, yeah. jump, jump, yeah. kiss, kiss. No, he okay, was more like it. the guy who introduced James Brown, whose name I can't remember right now. That was a Maceo. No, Maceo did not. Maceo was the sax player. Yeah, I know. And, but he wasn't uh, doing. He, he wasn't he making up the music too. It, well, no. it, uh, James Brown did a little of his own songwriting, but there was like, much. who was the guy oh, that introduced James Brown? Do the good foot. Okay, give me the lyrics to do the do the good foot. I think you just said the lyrics right, to exactly, do the good foot. Right, exactly. Uh, but uh, my, anyway, my point is, I'm, is uh, made. so anyway, finish your point, young Michael. Oh, well, I think I, I, I finished my point. Oh. <laughs> I mean, it was that he was doing the same thing. I, yeah, I was. I, well, I was behind the scenes, you know, behind the glass, and you and. It, it, I, I'm going to tell some sort of stories out of school here. You'll love this because when I came in there, Wally had been at the top of the uh, Chicago radio for 20 years. Okay, <laughs> I mean he had numbers that nobody had had before and will never have again. And I come late. I came. I grew up in Detroit. I listened to J.P. McCarthy at WJR. Um, well, I didn't know who Wally Phillips was, and the chief engineer says, hey, because he knew I was running a theater company, and he said, you're kind of a creative guy. You want to be Wally's engineer, too? And I said, sure, not knowing what that meant. And and so I started doing that with some of the other guys there uh, who had been doing it for years. Um, and... Uh, it, what I was told when I came in was kind of interesting. He said, you never talk to Wally. Do not ever talk to Wally. <laughs> and I was like, what? Yeah. That's nutty. That's crazy. And so I would get on the IFB. Hey, Wally, I want to try this thing out. And, and Wally responded. He loved it. He was, And I said, well, why were they telling me you never talk to Wally? I talk to Wally all the time. So uh, we, we had a pretty good relationship. Well, that's that's how it works here, by the way. No one's allowed to talk to me. You only oh, got to go through Dennis. Okay? Uh, don't talk to me. I'm too He's important. He's a diva. <laughs> you let that Steve Harvey story I, get to his head. I, I have a Wally Phillips story. Uh-oh. Go ahead. I, I, um, when Harold was running for mayor yeah. in Washington, mm-hmm. the final days, he was supposed to appear on Wally's show. Oh, I know show. the story. Go ahead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he got tied up in other things, and he did not show. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. And, you know, and, and I'm, I'm one of the reporters that's following him around. And it was impossible to follow him around. And in, in my private car, you know, he has his entourage. Mm-hmm. And we go someplace and you have to find a parking space. And that might take who knows how long, depending on where it was. Mm-hmm. 
and they didn't have cell phones or anything like that. So I, I hadn't called in to talk to the desk to tell him why he had missed the Wally Phillips show. And that was because he was at some other stop and just overstayed. Well, and we, so they freaked out, oh, they you know, ever. and, and, and I, I had never, I, to this day, I've never heard of Wally Phillips show. I mean, I, I, I grew up on VON. Sure. I mean, I, I grew up on a completely different media. Yes. Side, so I knew who, I knew Wally Phillips by name, but not one, I had not spent two minutes listening to Wally Phillips. And, and this is perfect because that you're saying this, because when Harold ran in 83, Chicago was perhaps even more racially divided than it is now. And it was as though there was a wall that went down the middle of the city and separated black and white culture from each other. Right. So black people had their radio stations, right. white people had their radio right. stations. Right. Wally Phillips was the number one uh, entertainer on radio, but number two would probably be some black guy. Yeah. And white people would be listening to Wally Phillips yeah. and black people would be listening. And so it was so, to the black guy, and it was so important for Harold Washington running as uh, the black man for right. mayor right. to get on the Wally Phillips show right. so that white people could realize that he too was a human being, Harold Washington, yeah, right. okay? Right. And he missed the way And so Wally Phillips, and as Mike Novak can tell you, there are a few things in life worse and if you're a radio host, Ouch. and somebody doesn't show up. I busted. I busted. But the thing is, Harold was getting his vote out. He didn't need to go to Wally Phillips. That's, he, that's the, tr no. the truth of the matter. After, after he won the primary, yeah. I went on, I think I went on some white radio station. It may have been LS. I can't remember now. It's, as a Tribune reporter. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the white listeners were calling in, and they were so upset that I, f I felt sorry and, st and, and started trying to explain to them <laughs> how this happened because they couldn't believe it happened. That, that he this had black missed. guy hit. No, that he 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 had won. Oh, he had won. Yeah, I thought he, had he won. No, 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 no. They were telling. They just couldn't. You know. So I got. I, I finally, which really endeared me with my editor, I said to them. I mean, this one woman was so upset. I said. Well, I said, the problem is the media did not educate you guys enough on who Harold was and what he was doing. You said, the yeah, media under the yeah, bus? Yeah, right. Monroe exactly. in trouble. Right, exactly. uh, there goes the media. I, I was in trouble. Too. <laughs> By the way, I always forget, which one of the, which which reporter did you give his start to? I always forget. Was it Cass or Axelrod? Which one knows his career to you? I guess Cass. Oh, Cass. All right. Yeah. Did he thank you yet? Uh, uh, no. Okay. No. That's what I thought. No. Uh, but uh, <laughs> let's love to. No. Oh, did, did you? Actually, he did me a favor when I was press secretary. He he called in and told me about the the brouhaha at the art museum over there. Yeah, you told over, me that already. Yeah, I guess right. he figured. Well, all right, yeah, that right. took care of me getting right. a job from him. Right. Um, so you, you haven't finished the Wally story though, and Harold, right? Yeah. So Harold, yeah, I haven't finished the so Harold missed the show, and uh, actually Monroe, I'm going to disagree with you a little bit. Harold needed black vote alone. Uh, with uh, Hispanic vote was not enough to make Harold the mayor to defeat Bernie Epton. He needed some white votes. And yeah, but was, they weren't on uh, WGS. <laughs> this is a valid point. <laughs> right. that, that, that is a valid point. Uh, okay. Uh, so, he, you know, the, he, that is an interesting point. Could he have won without any WGN white people? Hmm, I have to think about that one. That is an interesting point. Uh, you know, just like your, your basic run-of-the-mill lefty who doesn't listen to who thinks while it makes fun of Wally Phillips you know whatever maybe that person would have but I don't even know if a Steve Dahl listener was uh, voting in fact I doubt the Steve Dahl how often did old candidate Obama go on Fox didn't he go on Fox he once or once, twice yeah. yeah right exactly yeah. that's yeah. the point yeah. I mean, he wasn't getting any Fox viewers. Well, anyway. Uh, so what, what was I doing voting for Harold Washington? That's just crazy, I guess. Well, you were I, a young liberal white guy. Uh, yeah, it's true. I, guess I knew you. Problem. I knew him back then, okay? He was, <laughs> we played softball together back yes, then. Yes. He had, you know, hey, center field. And, uh, You're not doing it anymore? 
No. I am. I still he play is. softball. Oh, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. He, I think he was late for his show in the summer because he had a softball okay. game. <laughs> Give him a break. He should call me out because I stiffed him the last time, and it wasn't like the day of. I did say the night before, hey, I don't think I'm going to be there. And uh, if somebody did that to me, I'd, I'd never speak to him again. So I can't believe that I'm back on the no, show. No, come on. Man. I'm not like that. Anyway, uh, so... Um, so anyway, with the Wally Phillips show, Harold did go back on the Wally Phillips show. Yeah. And, uh, but I remember when it happened, uh, just like, oh my God, white Chicago and black Chicago, like white people are freaking out even more now than they were before. And white people were losing their minds over Harold anyway. Right. And now you had Wally Phillips going, I've never, this has never happened in like 5 billion years that someone stiffed me or whatever. Uh, and I just, as a guy who really wanted Harold to, to win, I was agonizing over it. But then Harold went on, and my memory is correct, and memory's a funny thing, Mike Novak, but my memory is that Harold charmed Wally Phillips because Harold Washington was a very I charming. I don't remember that incident. It might have been before my time. Because I, yeah, I, I didn't start till the end of 83 yeah. at GN. So, yeah, well, anyway, uh, Harold Washington, we have this uh, very bust ah. of him uh, here on the show. But uh, uh, I don't know how we got but, but, off but, you on You know, that you tangent. were talking about uh, uh, people freaking out over Harold Washington, who, as you know, Monroe had a history. I was freaking out, honestly, that they could find somebody in an alley named Bernie Epton and put him in and he would have a real shot at being mayor of Chicago. Yes. I mean, what the heck was that all about? Uh, it's called white fear. I know it is, but it was... It was appalling. Yeah. It, w it really was. It, it was, w and there's a lot of uh, parallels to what's going on with Trump right now. Yeah, um, it's it, Trump's support is uh, rooted a lot of fear. That's what Trump plays upon when he talks about rapists coming across the border. He's, mm -hmm. he's oh uh, yeah, it's, it's exactly the fear. same thing. It, it, and it's amazing now we've we've been 35 years watching the same playbook. Right. 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 And it and it doesn't right. seem to change. And now it's worse because Trump's revived it. Let's get the fear of the other. And uh, and and and, you know, we're, we're having while we're sitting here, they're having these impeachment hearings. Uh, and the thing, uh, you know, because you told me we were going to talk about this a little bit. And the thing that just pops into my head is the man. And I'm talking about the guy in the White House has no dignity at all none he does it you know and that's the thing that just makes me scratch my head that 44 percent of people in america don't care well what's happened in, in over the years is the um, victimization of white people they used to not be victims and now there is this group of losers mainly who who are victims and so they love it that trump is is um, telling it like it is. Well, I, I'm actually um, going to say that the victimization of white people was alive when Harold Washington ran in 1983. And allow me to, the, the oh, parallel. Yeah, sure. That started If you criticized white people in Chicago back in 1983, let me go back. If you criticized white Democrats in 1983, <laughs> lifelong Democrats, always voted for the Democrats, suddenly a black man, a black Democrat, uh, is their candidate, their party's candidate for mayor of the Chicago, and they're openly, they're going to vote for the uh, a Republican, well, a they white became, Republican. They, they became Republicans overnight. overnight. Uh, if you criticize them for that, they would counter with all kinds of things where they were the victims. Like, well, you don't know. I mean, we'd be like absurd things. Like, like my brother was mugged right. by a black guy. Right. First of all, I never believe, I, who knows if it was even true, but what does that have to do with Harold Washington? Right. You get what I'm saying? Like, oh. But th there was a reason. Well, it's, it just doesn't come out of anywhere. And then they would counter it. You're an elitist. You're a snob. You're a lakefront liberal. And right. it's exactly the game right. that it's Trump's playing on. right now. It's, it's like exactly. counterattacks right. anybody to dare. You're never Trumper. <laughs> you're never Trumper. Never Trumper. Yeah, right. And, and apparently uh, Fox this morning uh, during the beginning uh, of the uh, testimony had little graphics up next to these guys saying, has been accused of being a never-Trumper. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, man. That's that's 
this is part of the reason we are where we're at today. Because of Fox. Well, not just Fox, but I've been thinking about that and yeah. going back in time, having been at, at WGN and oh, watched. Yeah. Oh, okay, we know there were there there have been uh, strains of this throughout. Uh, broadcast history like Father Coughlin and, and people like that. But it really got organized, and a friend of mine told me this, and I thought about it and said, yeah, this is true. Paul Harvey. Paul, Paul Harvey. Harvey, who was, you know, everybody would go, they'd smile and think of Paul Harvey, good day. Yeah. And and he'd tell a you know, funny little story at the end, but he was bringing the right-wing agenda in and because he did news and commentary. It wasn't just news anymore. Right. It was commentary. Right. So he kind of paved the way and then Rush came down the road and, and ran with it. Um, and then suddenly we have whole networks devoted right. to that side right. of the story. And, and I'll tell you how I know this. I mean, everybody knows this, but what brings it home is my radio show. I'm out trying to get it syndicated. Uh, in other parts of the country. And when is that radio show? Uh, 9 to 11 a.m. Sundays <laughs> on 1590 WCGO. And an FM, right? Uh, yeah, 95.9. And you can go to as well. That? N-O-W-A-K. I'll be damned. Yeah. Uh, and so I go out looking for stations across the country uh, where I think this, the show will fit. Mm-hmm. There aren't any. Right. They've all got Rush, and they've all got Hannity, and they've all got Levine, and all those characters. So now I realize, well, I'm willing to be in the belly of the beast. That's fine. I'll, I'll go on those stations and do what I do and talk green and, and climate change and watch people's heads explode. Well, that's fine. If, if, if you drive around America and you stay in motels, um, you, will, you will go to some motels where the MSNBC is not even on. Mm-hmm. You can't even get it. But but Fox is everywhere, CNN is almost everywhere. But MSNBC they they don't they don't even carry it. Well, <laughs> I, this is a, a a favorite topic of mine uh, for the obvious reason. I I'm late to the game that Mike Novak has made his entire career at, and Monroe also was in the game on the TV side of it in the '90s. And Young Doctor D has been in the game since he was like uh, an infant in a, cri- a crib. Uh, <laughs> But uh, my little brief experience uh, with radio talk, I got fired for being too liberal for a liberal radio station. Uh, I know. I, it, I, it, serves, it serves, serves you right. right. So Mike <laughs> Novak and Monroe Anderson, what's with lefties and liberals? I got, I got fired for bringing in too much money to the radio station. Right, well, so there we go. Uh, it's, okay. But, so what's with liberals and lefties? Why are liberals and lefties incapable of supporting a network on on radio or podcasting that even approximates uh, Rush Limbaugh and what because the because done. corporations which support these things are are uh, basically convent are conventional and conservative. Right. All right, and that's exactly. that's where it starts yeah, with the, the corporations. The, the liberal media is no such thing as a, you know you 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 hear the Trump nuts talking about the liberal media and. Um, they will. They they think that the Tribune is part of the liberal media. I mean, they make no yeah. unless you're Fox or some some super right wing uh, propaganda organ, organ. Then they Wait, think you're liberal. So, are, are you telling me that liberals don't have money? That liberals wouldn't want to listen to a show, and then you could get advertising revenue. No, liberals no. blew it when I was in college in the '60s, late '60s. Conservative was a dirty word, and what the conservatives did was systematically built this thing up through radio and what have you. And now liberals are dirty work. Yeah, and and it was insidious. It it happened slowly. It yeah, happened. It was right. a, they were playing the long game, and right. and suddenly, and you've seen that happen where you look around, you go, oh well, I guess we have to catch up. Well, now the game is rigged. It's it's hard to do that, and that's why I keep uh, screaming at the TV at the two billionaires in in the in the Democratic race, get out of the race and buy a network uh, that you can well, put. One of them owns. Bloomberg has um, well, he's got his media, media. yeah, yeah. yeah. But but you know, get some of these stations because people will support it. You know that, Denny. You know that because you worked at the progressive station Chicago. Those people are so loyal and so desperate for talk that they can listen to and they can relate to. Uh, And there are millions of people like that across the country who who are stuck 
with the fare they get. How many different stations do you need to have running Rush Limbaugh in your market at the same time? There are there are markets that will have five, six stations running the same show at the same time. Wow. That's nuts. So you're saying that the people who run the stations themselves are of the right-wing persuasion, and that's what they want to hear. I don't think the people who run the stations are of the right-wing persuasion. They want to make money, right. okay? And, uh, and they're, they're conservative, but they are... Uh, Crazy white right wingers, anything? No, like they're that. not the the nut jobs. But but okay, this is what you, you have a situation. Where not always, have, anyway. You have salesmen, traveling salesmen. You have truckers who who have they're they're driving around and they have nothing better to do. And you have these then you have these talk shows that are conservative, and they listen to these guys all day long. Mm. And this is why you can't, that 44% stays constant because they have been brainwashed. Yes. They have been brainwashed uh, to, to accept that con- our liberals are the enemy. It, it, it's not even a matter of policy positions anymore. It's just that people who are liberals are bad people and live, you can't live listen cards. to them. Yeah, I've been called a libtard a few times. I'm sure you have too. Right, exactly. Uh, And that's all they got. That's that's it. It's not about policy. It's about the brainwashing. Mm. So how do we get past that? I mean, I watch my dad become brainwashed. I watch my sister become brainwashed. I mean, they have gone down that. I don't even want to ask my brother. I don't want to know what his political <laughs> leanings are because I'm afraid what he'll tell me. Uh, Thanksgiving at your house must be a yeah. lot of fun. <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, you go, you go, you'll love this. I don't go anymore. Wait, okay? how are they in Michigan? They're back in Michigan? Yeah. My brother now lives in the UP, so you can So guess. here we go. <laughs> I have to ask you this. Then you're, you grew up in the state of Michigan. You have family in the state state of Michigan. Yep. Uh, the New York Times just ran a poll. It was very controversial. Uh, they've done at least two articles on it that I've seen, and it's generated many more articles in the same newspaper uh, that talked about the uh, Trump's popularity in the key swing uh, states of Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania. I don't know if you saw this article, mm-hmm. but Trump was very competitive with whatever candidate he threw out there. Now, I could go on and on about how it was biased against Bernie, but let's put that to the side. Uh, based on your knowledge of Michigan, grew up there again. Yeah. I'm not blaming you, but you are from Michigan. Yeah, but I left it 40 years ago, and I don't recognize the state anymore. What do you mean? I mean, I, the shift to the right has been a little bit terrifying. In fact, my, my nickname for my home state is Michigan. So... Uh, <laughs> Thank you very much. Do we, do we have a, a rim shot there? If we got one, right. uh, just <laughs> Robert Mueller. Mueller. He's got no rims. Here. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think there's there's been a swing to the right, and there's been that that brainwashing going on. But the even more important is uh, suppression of the vote is a is a big, big deal, and just convincing people to come out and vote, and, and I would say people of color is especially, because uh, they've been treated poorly for so long, why would they come out? Because they just hear the same old promises every single time, and do they ever see any good results from that? Rarely, occasionally. You know, this is why Obama was so successful. I mean, he's a was a middle of the road guy, and I can name half a dozen policies that I disagree with from him. But he he sparked that interest, and uh, those people came out and vote. All people, white and black, and Hispanic and Asian, because he was um, he he was different. Now it's going to be. I I I could I could say. Uh, well, I look at next uh, um, fall's election, and will we have that person who engages people uh, and has that imag- fires that imagination in the electorate? I don't know that we do. Mayor Pete? Question mark? <laughs> no, serious no, question come mark. On well, it is a serious question. Yeah. But I think I think he's the flavor of the month right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens in Iowa. But but here's the thing. I'm sorry. He's another white guy. Yeah, no, he's a young, young yeah, white guy. Right. Well, and he's gay. That's, that's and he's gay. And there's, I, I, I have a, a friend who's gay, uh, Joe English. Uh, mm-hmm. You've had him on the show. Mm-hmm. Here you show up. 
Joe, I was talking to him the other day. He 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 would like to see um, Elizabeth and Pete as a Veep. And he says if Pete is her vice president, then twenty percent of uh, the men, gay men, he, he says he says that ten percent is nonsense. He says twenty percent. Exactly. He said it's gonna be suburban suburban husbands who haven't slept with their wives in ten years. Are I actually think that's a pretty good uh, ticket right uh, there. I, listen, I when I think about Obama and what he did in t- 2008, and I say this as a guy who was all fired up uh, for Obama in 2008, I, I realize that is, was a go, I don't know, I don't want to say once in a lifetime, but once in a long time situation. Yeah. And the Democratic Party cannot expect that to happen again. There's no candidate who has that special mix of charisma and uniqueness that Obama had at that moment in 2008. And I look at all the candidates, been following them very uh, dedicatedly, uh, Monroe. None of them have that. None of them have. So Obama could be vague yeah. on every issue. He, he Because it didn't matter what, speci- what he was talking about. It didn't matter if he wasn't specific. It didn't matter that he was really kind of like a Mitt Romney type in his worldview. What mattered was he just g- generated you know, this charisma and, and people fell under his spell to a certain degree. Uh, and Which Trump is doing for the right. right yeah. It, and so the Democrats are going to beat yeah, but, but, the but Democrats that, are going to beat the Republicans. He's the evil Obama. I mean, right. that's that's yeah, the right. point. It's, I exactly. brought it up earlier. Yeah. The dignity. Don't they people recognize that that he's petty, he's vindictive. I mean, they don't seem to care on the right that what, whatever happened to character in in a presidential candidate? Does that gone away? Do we well, not? Does that well, not count see, anymore? No, they think of him as a character, but <laughs> but not not <laughs> having Shot character, please. but being a character. No, seriously, they, well, you know, I know it's like that. Trump is Trump. Yeah. Oh, no, but, but if you if you. If but you, you would you really want him to be your boss? Would you really want him to live next door? Well, the people who, who 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 he happens to be their boss walk out. You know? yeah. <laughs> but no, they're but trapped. I I, I feel that. Uh, that in some ways, I can't believe I'm about to say what I'm about to say, so I hope I'm going to say it right. Donald Trump's attitude of defiance uh, to all the conventions of political behavior, on one level, I appreciate. I'd say that at one level, because um, I've spent my career, Mike Novak, exposing the inconsistencies mm-hmm. of politicians who say one thing and do something oh, else. Oh, he says one thing and does other things. I understand it. He's yeah, a freaking so. phony and yeah, he's right, a fraud exactly. and he's a hypocrite. Right. But he breaks and he defies all the rules and that's, all the well, conventions. That's because he's a narcissist. narcissist. <laughs> he's not doing it for any, any principle reason not saying, at all. He's doing it because he's crazy. Whatever. Whatever the reason. He's a crazy lunatic yeah. or he's making he's money off of it. sticking it to the man every day. Yes, okay? he's sticking and it to that, the man. And that's and what... The man that he's sticking it to is me and them and, the, and, and those idiots who are voting for him. Yes, I, that is correct. Yeah. He is. Yeah. yeah. And, and they don't care. And, and, in some yeah. instances, they don't know. <laughs> they, they, they haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. But uh, so on one level, I can sort of appreciate it. Uh, but on the other level, I, it, 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 um, it, I'm, I'm afraid about where the country's going. And the policies that he's enacting by pretending he's sticking it to the man are actually benefiting the man. And so it's pretty obvious he's a fraud and he's hurting the... All roads lead to Putin. Well, you know, it's... That's what Pelosi Pelosi said. And if you examine everything he's done in the last three years, it's absolutely right. It is true. And that's ultimately why we're sitting here... Wait, time out. Why do you say all roads lead to Putin? Everything Mm -hmm. that he has done, um, breaking up... um, um, All his policies are Russian. They 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 benefit Russia. Even the Ukraine, this Ukraine situation, benefits Putin, Russia. If uh, you look at what happened in Syria, pulling the 
the um, you're talking about on foreign policy issues. Yeah, foreign, but also no, local, no, some stuff domestic too. policy. Well, wait, some his major, too. I would say, his most significant domestic policy uh, achievement, and I have the word achievement in quotes, is the tax break, which is widely popular with. Rich people, people who reach people who benefited right, from right, it, okay? Right. Which creates and, a society of oligarchs. Yeah, exactly. Which Russia which, has and, and leads to the kind right, of right. leads to the kind of situation we're having here in the city of Chicago, where Lori Lightfoot can't figure out how to raise the money we need to fund our basic obligations because she can't look to the federal government for aid because they pulled out of that business by and large, and they don't have any money anyway, and they're using whatever they have for military, which doesn't benefit the city of Chicago. So that's his great achievement and it seems as though there are a significant number of americans that's all that matters to them when it comes to voting and i don't even blame i the the working class white people the uneducated white people uh, without college degrees that you're alluding to uh mike i don't blame them i think there's a lot of people in dupage county uh on the gold coast here in chicago I think it's college educated as well although they seem to be leaving that camp more and more. Well, this gets at the question. Okay, okay, no, this is my theory. Yeah. Reagan. Reagan set up this whole greed is good um, policy, philosophy, mindset. And we've been in it, and we've just gotten greedier and greedier and greedier. And you've gotten the the split. Unions are useless now as far as um, a lot of people are concerned. Well, they're corrupt. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course, and they're corrupt. You know. I mean, (laughs) but but that's that's always the argument is that the union is corrupt. And I and I want to raise my hand and say, so you're telling me that in the scale of things, the union is much more corrupt than the corporation. The corporation that's that that has cut your pay and 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 added more hours to your day. But but Reagan started this. You know, the whole Reaganomics and the whole philosophy on is is it's good to be rich and and we don't. Like those and, and people, there's a the welfare queen, and, and and anybody who's not rich is, is worthless, and it's just grown and grown and entrenched and entrenched, and that's part of where we why we yeah. where we are. Today. Well, and uh, I will also point out that uh, this is one of my favorite themes. I'll take this opportunity to point it out uh, that Democrats and Republicans approach. Uh, accusations of corruption in their party in different ways. So, for instance, the it's pretty clear from the evidence a solid case can be made against Donald Trump on the grounds that uh, he was extorting the uh, uh, he was trying to get the uh, force to uh, arm twist the president of Ukraine into just having a press conference announcing he was investigating Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, whether he was or he wasn't, just for that political purpose, and he was going to withhold aid to him until he did that uh, and. Uh, Republicans are responding to that evidence of that with a full court press attack, a counterattack on the people who dare to make the accusations. Here in the state of Illinois, where when whenever the a Democrat is accused of corruption, that is on a scale I would say far less significant than the president of the United States right. twisting the arm of a, a foreign pres another former politician bribing a foreign. Oh, we have no Democrat, quid pro quo. Democrats no quid pro quo. go. Oh, let's let's pull him out. Let's he, we're going to remove him from office. This is an outrage. Yeah. We join the Republicans in denouncing this. Only in they always go only in Illinois, only in Chicago would something like this be tolerated. Meanwhile. Republicans are tolerating it in Washington. And I'm just getting and harder Texas. and harder. <laughs> and it, it's getting harder and harder for me, Monroe, to play that game. Yeah. Do, do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, oh I'm outraged by what Louis Arroyo did in by shaking. By the way, my representative. <laughs> in shaking down. You probably voted for him a million times. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. But that's correct. That's an outrage. <laughs> but ooh, you're not going to join me, Republicans? Well, you know, it's the same. Tribune. It's the same. You're not going to join me? It's the same with Trump? sexual harassment. That is correct. It's the same thing. Yes, yeah. you're right. 
Absolutely the yeah, same. Yeah, you know, and, and what's amazing here is that, and you just brought it up, it's the first time that that has come up about the, the Trump administration and what he personally has done and has been accused of by scores of women. We haven't even mentioned the environment and what he is doing with his policies right. to, ta- to in, a, in a world where climate change is running rampant and Australia is on fire, California is on fire we've got uh, a cold snap we've never seen before in november it's all connected all right mike novak and monroe anderson in the studio we're uh, concluding our discussion mike before we went to break i uh, said that actually you- i have a, a breaking news here too oh. i just came across my phone chicago mayor Lori lightfoot offers plan to lower fines and vehicle impoundment for illegal pot possession all right you're trying to get my job pal that was uh, good that was my update uh, <laughs> oh really was it <laughs> it was actually yeah yeah no, uh, which, go ahead mike go ahead she announced by drawing uh <laughs> on a big spleef and uh <laughs> yeah so it's spliff that was in my uh, beloved bright one today <laughs> it's spliff uh, yes. i like spleef uh young thomas shuba i've heard spleef before uh so, i think it's yeah. from the the white suburbs that yeah, right. that comes yeah. from right. so uh, are you with her on that on um, what? On uh, you know we're making it's, the penalties. Uh, yeah, me too. I'm like, let's let's good get, job, Lori. Let's enter the 21st century. Can can we please do that? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, the state of Colorado hasn't, uh, you know, they haven't sealed off the borders and 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 drummed them out of the union. Uh, <laughs> you know, three or four years down the road, it seems to be working okay, and uh, and it's it's reality. And this is this is. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't advise it. Here's what I would say. Uh, I don't advise it uh, f- for youngsters because uh, right. it's, it's it, you know, when you're when you're trying to learn stuff and you're in school, uh, it's focus is hard enough. OK, uh, I would say 21 and right. above. Yeah, I'm, because there are also theories that um, if you're young and your, your brain is developed, right, exactly. It does weird things to it. Hmm. Well, I know it really enhanced my college career. <laughs> I can just tell you that. It's, uh, right. I was a young scholar. Uh, all right, so I'm not going to ask you for gardening tips and growing reefer, uh, Mike Novak. <laughs> Although I, 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 I was going to ask. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you uh, people tell keep after. telling me that. They, they, they say, so when are you going into the, the discussion about growing reefer? And I'm thinking... I think it's about time. We probably should. You because, really should. You know, but the law, the laws are are, are complex and uh, differ from state to state as well. So we'll have to see about that. Uh, right. I, so I, I don't think, want to embarrass you, but have you ever grown marijuana? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Actually, they're uh, weeds. All you do is put some seeds in a pot. No, but there's ways of doing it. Like, so there's some guys. I got to tell you. I, okay, I'll give you a story. I grew one in a pot um, <laughs> in, I want to say, like 30 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and it was in this pot, and it was in, and it, it was this like this big, long stem, uh, and it had a few leaves, and I really wasn't paying much attention to it, and I put it outside and then forgot to water it, and it died. And so I come out at one point and the leaves are all yellow and they're about to fall off. So I went, well, I went, let's, let's give it a shot. And it was some of the best stuff I'd ever had. I was just like, wow, I should have grown more of this. Okay. But that was, I haven't grown it in a, probably since then. So. Yeah. Which was go. yesterday. Um, <laughs> all right. uh, I haven't grown it in at least a week. I don't know. That, that may be a new podcast for you, Mike. Uh, Mike Novak's pot, pot, pot stories. Uh, no, podcast. Oh my God. There we go. Get the bomb. I bet it's out. already, <laughs> somebody's already out there with a podcast. You got to uh, right. know. I don't know, man. Uh, go for it. All right, uh, Mike Novak. I yeah. I want to know what the correlation is between this wretched weather of the last three days where it's 20 degrees in early November, or 12 degrees even, uh, and uh, if my, I, my pipes rose. Monroe's Did pipes really? rose. That is not a weed uh, reference. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> Talking about weather. How do you know? <laughs> uh, and... A climate change. So please explain the correlation between uh, this horrific cold front and climate change. Well, if you look at maps of climate change uh, globally, um, and as I mentioned earlier, Australia is, is on fire and other places on the planet are really hot. And if you look at maps, you look at the United States and there's and, and you look at places where the 
the average temp- temperature has gone up. There's actually a spot um, kind of from our area down to the deep south that has been relatively stable. Um, and it's due to various factors involving where they are on the continent, on the North American continent. But it's an anomaly. There's basically no other areas on the planet that are like that. So what we're stuck with here is, and Monroe was mentioning this during the break, and you've seen it, you know, the who was it? Uh, Oklahoma Senator brought the, Inhofe brought the snowball into Congress. Mm-hmm. And said, whoa, where's, the, where's your global warming? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you just want to take the snowball in his yeah, face. Yeah. But... Um, uh, You can't look at uh, our area, although part of it has to do with climate change affecting jet streams and and how they at one point were in a more orderly fashion around the globe. And now it's everything's breaking loose. They had the heat wave from um, uh, uh, Europe go up into Greenland and a massive amount of ice melt uh, during the summer. Uh, you have to look at the planet as a whole. Mm-hmm. That's why it's climate change and not weather change. You can have weather change from one day to the next. Uh, you have to take the temperature all over the planet. You can't just cherry pick our area. And we have had some cooler uh, winters and, and springs. I mean, we had the cool, wet spring, but that's also part of climate change. The uh, the idea that we're going to get more rain in certain parts of the country and less in others. I mean, look at the devastation to the farmers in Illinois and in and, and, um, Indiana and Missouri this year because they couldn't get the. Well, Nebraska was underwater in February and March. Um, that's all part of climate change, too. It isn't just the planet heating up. It's everything else that's going with it. And you have to take the numbers from the entire planet. And when you do, you realize we just had the hottest October on record. We keep setting record after record after record. And this is the thing that really scares the heck out of me is that uh, we're fighting these stupid battles. Um, And I don't mean it's stupid that we have... um, uh, impeachment hearings, because I would impeach the guy just for what he's done to our climate and, and what he's done to our environment. How, how many how many ways could you impeach him? I know. <laughs> I don't know. But but I had uh, a guy on my show. Have you ever heard of uh, Guy McPherson? He's a University of Arizona professor emeritus. Uh, Denny, I, he might have been on the show when you were working with me. Yeah, I was going to say, I remember hearing that name. Yeah. Uh, he's the guy. He might go back. He's Sorry. got a blog that um, is titled Nature Bats Last, mm-hmm. uh, which should appeal to you. Mm-hmm. And you should go read it mm-hmm. because he's the guy who says, we're done. We're, I've looked at the numbers now for 15 years. There's nothing we can do. Enjoy the rest of your life. It's going to be short and painful. Um, and he is very controversial. I had him on my show recently, and you can't believe the uh, podcast numbers I got from that guy because he's really controversial, but people are paying attention to the guy as well. Uh, he says the planet should be in hospice right now. That's how bad it is. And yet here we are um, dithering yeah. And having these nut jobs put in charge of the EPA and pulling out of the Paris Accord, uh, when what we should be doing is having uh, a Manhattan Project approach to this, where we drop everything else we're doing on this planet and figure out how to fix this, and whether it's fixed, you know, e- even if it is fixable, and we don't know that it is at this point. So um, that's kind of my short take on things. Is I can't. I can't focus on this every hour of every day. Some people do. Uh, and in fact, uh, McPherson lost his career. His life is in a mess. People call him out, and um, he's become, in some circles, a pariah. But other people go, yeah, no, he's absolutely right, and we need to really address this. But are we addressing it? No, we're not even coming close to it. We are not even in the ballpark here. So... Uh, I can, we can continue to print the numbers and say this was the hottest August, it was the hottest September, it was the hottest October. Who's paying attention? It's it's just numbers to some people. It's just a headline, and then they move on to, you know, how bad the bears are, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't understand why um, TV weathermen on every station in every city 
don't say when we have these weather extremes is climate change. I mean, this is how. I mean, this is how they. Well, well I have an answer to that because my meteorologist Rick DeMaio, who's on my program every week and has been in Chicago now forever. Wait, um, what's the days on and the time of that uh, show? Again? I believe it's nine to eleven a.m. <laughs> Sunday mornings on fifteen ninety WCGO. And there's a way on the FM too, yeah, right? Ninety five nine, if I'm not mistaken. Holy cow! <laughs> oh, and did I mention there's podcasts at MikeNovak.net and OWAK. Wow! But Rick, Rick is one of the few guys who will come on the air and call out weather casters. Some of them are meteorologists and some of them aren't. And he says they really do need to be talking about this. Now, part of it is time considerations because... Uh, you, you watch local news and they and get. They spend five minutes on the news. <laughs> they go from. I mean, you look at, at WGN or WLS or CBS. Any of them. They they spend this. But they need to do it every day. But Merle, need, you want you want weathermen to the. And we're not talking about the lefty to, underground yeah, here. Right, yeah. Yeah. You, you want these weather <laughs> broadcasters. <laughs> To stick their neck out on the line, it, and what Mike was just why saying, why don't they? They if if we're not going to be around, if it's this dire, they need to. Okay, but uh, you got to worry about tomorrow. And see, this is the this is the consequence, the effectiveness of what Trump has done, and the right has done, and what the Republican Party has done. So you take something like climate change, and Mike Novak just brilliantly spelled out the essence of what's going on. And uh, it's pretty much indisputable among scientists. I think 99 percent, something like that. And yet and yet that is called into question. So, well, what about the three uh, percent uh, who disagree? So there's so imagine if some guy by the oil some guy from Channel seven yeah. or Channel five started yeah. every day. So, well, folks here, get rid exhibit a on climate change. Well, no, they don't have to do it every day. Just when these records are hit, when this extreme weather comes, then they'll get hit with phone calls from the right uh, saying that they're making political uh, statements on what should be the weather report and they resent this and the station will feel it's not pressure. A, it's no longer a political statement. It's a statement of fact. 97% of the scientists in the world say it's a political I agree it's with a, it's, you, it's, it's but fact. that's not I'm just telling you the way the no, world no, of journalism right, no, no, works. No, ben is right. If, if Sean Spicer could still be on Dancing with the Stars. He just got voted off. But there, oh, he a, did? He got, yeah, that's a classic You know case. why he brought up climate change? That's why <laughs> He got voted off. That's correct. That is a classic. That is a classic, classic case. And we'll close with that. That is a man who should be a pariah. Really, Sean Spicer uh, ginned up a revolt <laughs> to uh, against meritocracy. He made it a political vote. Vote for me. It's a vote for Trump. Uh, if I get voted off a dance contest, it'll be like the liberals will win. And all these people weighed in and voted for the guy who was a bad dancer. Oh, he's, he's badder than bad. <laughs> he's so bad. Right. And uh, so there you go. You just proved the point. Uh, when 44% is whatever the number you gave, uh, Mike, 97, no, 44% of the country will will say whatever Donald Trump tells them to say. Yeah. Then if uh, weatherman Billy Bob on channel five, that's my favorite weatherman, (laughs) weatherman, Billy Bob says, don't say nothing bad about him, says that this, uh, 20 degree temperature in early November is a result of climate change. The phone calls will come in, except, except as DeMaio points out. Skilling does, but he's the only one, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he does. But, so, but, he, but he, he is such a weather nerd and, and an institution. So you can't right believe now. him because that's all he cares about, yeah, right? right? Exactly, it? right. No, you know, no, you know him. You believe him for that reason because, yeah. I mean, he goes through such great deep. And, and plus, he is really just a decent human being. Yeah. Plus, yeah. man, yeah. look how Trump yeah. trying to fire those uh, meteorologists for the federal government and put them under pressure because they would, wouldn't say that. Because of the Sharpie the incident? hurricane was coming up. I mean, that was uh, Alabama. Right, you're talking impeachment? That's a federal offense. He committed right. a federal offense by using the Sharpie. Oh, how many no. federal offenses can this guy commit right. and, and, and still and, remain president? And, and since we didn't talk enough Trump, he also was going to fire the um, eternal, um, the internal general for allowing the whistleblower to, to um, the inspector general, the inspector general, yeah. for allowing the whistleblower to come forward. 
he was he was he was planning on firing him. Well, and he's supposed to be independent. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, the inspector general is supposed to be independent. Yeah, All right. right, exactly. And uh, we do have an update before we roll out of here. Oh. Well, first off, no collusion. Okay. Hoax. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wally Phillips. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, come on. The next Wally Phillips here. All right, we have an update here. Uh, it's an Illinois congressional election update. Ooh. Now, last election, the third congressional race between Dino Dan Lipinski and Marie Newman was one of the closest in the country. Dino Dan barely won, just barely. Marie Newman is back for the rematch, but she's not the only one running. Last time we checked, Lipinski was facing three, count them three, Democratic challengers, but this just in. Abe Matthews. The number is now down to two. Uh-oh. Democratic hopeful Abe Matthew dropped his primary bid to unseat Dan Lipinski and endorsed Marie Newman. That's correct. Matthew said in a Tuesday statement, quote, to the people of the 3rd District, my friends and neighbors, I will never stop fighting for you all. I will not stop fighting for you. Those who know me best know I am a much better advocate for others than I am for myself. In recognition of this, and after consultation with my family, I withdraw my name for consideration for Congress in Illinois' 3rd Congressional District. Marie Newman still in the race. And we're now down to three. All right, very good. Thank you for that update. The thing we love about Lipinski is he did it on his own. He (laughs) pulled himself up by daddy's bootstraps. Like like the Arroyo family, okay? Uh, Or or like the Trump family. The Trump family, family. yes, indeed. Uh, And they are all self-starters, just so See, we we yell at our own here on this show, right? (laughs) Yeah, we rip Democrats, too. Uh, Danny Lipinski is the son of William Lipinski, who, of course, was the congressman before young Daniel. Uh, He retired and then handed it off to his son so uh and just falling on a great tradition in it's called the family business the family business all right michael novak uh thank you very much monroe anderson thank you very much and uh, of course the man the myth the legend and as mike novak knows back home in downstate alton they call him white lightning yeah they call him white lightning give yourself a raise take it out of petty cash see you tomorrow everybody Hey, and remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and Benny J. Bonus interviews at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you download podcasts. And hey, downloaders, we live stream this program. It's true. Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time, once again at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites, the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel. And yeah, that's about it. So go check that out if you uh, ever wonder what it's like to watch the video. Go check it out. We'll see every... Oh, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Benny J Show. B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show. See you tomorrow.